Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. Today, I am going to preach a political message. I try to avoid politics in the pulpit, but today I feel to preach a politically charged message. I want to preach on the subject, I voted today. I voted today. The American presidential election is just around the corner, less than 10 days away. And I want to give a perspective. I specifically want to tell you how to vote. Is anybody uncomfortable yet? There are lots of issues to consider. I love America. This is an amazing place. If you have ever traveled outside of the United States, you will quickly realize that the U.S. is special and it's wonderful. Despite its struggles and despite its mistakes, it is a wonderful country. It's an amazing place because of its physical beauty from sea to shining sea. The landscape of America is beautiful with its coast and mountains and hills and valleys and deserts and forests. It's a beautiful place to see. It's an amazing place because of its diversity. America is considered the melting pot where different ethnicities and nationalities have been given freedom to worship God and to live free from tyranny. It's an amazing place because of its freedoms. America was founded with freedom of speech and freedom of worship as its cornerstone, where life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness could be reached for and realized. And I personally believe that America is an amazing place because of its political process. A process that allows for the government to be selected by its citizens. As Abraham Lincoln described America, he described it as a nation under God whose government is of the people by the people, and for the people. This process by which the citizens choose the government is called an election. It is a way for you and I to have a collective voice in how things work in our country. And I feel it is a great blessing to us to have this opportunity. 
you do realize not, that not everyone has that opportunity. Democracy is a beautiful way to allow people to govern themselves. Democracy is intended to allow government to work for the people rather than for the people to work for the government. This has certainly been a fascinating and, dare I say, chaotic political season. But I think that the election process is one of the reasons why America is an amazing place. The peaceful transfer of power every four to eight years is a testament to the power of the American form of government. And what we understand is that elections in America are won and lost by the vote. Does anyone remember the 2000 election? If George Bush and Al Gore and the hanging chads and how much those votes were critical. This year, it is hard to go anywhere or watch anything without someone telling you who to vote for or to just simply vote. And I feel like I should have that opportunity as well. Y'all are nervous. We're about to lose our 501c3 status. Now, let me ask you a question about your vote. And take a little poll. You nervous? How many of you have already voted? All right. What we understand in American politics is every vote counts. If you care about what happens in our country, you should vote. If you care about what happens to our children's future, you should vote. Because your local government elections matter. Your city ordinances, your small town politic elections matter, the state government elections matter, the national government and presidential elections matter. And some may say, well, my vote really doesn't matter. I can't really make that big a difference. But I want to argue against that idea today and tell you your vote matters. Your choice matters. Your vote counts. And yes, it even matters in political elections. Because I'm not talking today just about a presidential election. What I want to dive deeper into today is more than just a vote that you cast every four years to determine the next president of the United States. I want to submit to you today that you and I have the opportunity to vote more than we realize. 
what I want you to consider today is that you, in fact, have an opportunity to vote every day. Let me state emphatically that I believe you and I get a vote in our spiritual lives. We get to choose our spiritual existence. We get to choose what we believe. See, we're created body, soul, and spirit. And I believe that it was the creative intention of God that the spirit of man, a spirit that had been created and had been formed and made alive by God breathing into man, was intended, that spirit of man was intended to determine what the body and soul or mind did. The spirit of man was intended to control the body and the mind. We were created so that the spirit of man would dictate the body and soul. And God created humanity in his image. And within the image of God is the power of choice. God is God because he has choice. He determines things. He has choice. And so he allowed Adam and Eve to also have choice. They were made in his image, and he gave them the tree of the knowledge of good and evil with choice in mind. And unfortunately, Adam and Eve chose to disobey and to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And now, what happened? Instead of the spirit God's presence dictating to the body and soul what it did. Now, the body and soul dictated what the spirit would do. Instead of the spirit guiding, now the body and soul became the guiding force and the spirit of man was dead and it was dormant. Their choice That freedom of choice moved them away from God. And this choice changed humanity. So now we are born in sin. We are guided by carnality and what the Bible calls flesh rather than the spirit. And our carnal desires drive our actions and our decisions. And so if we are going to live a spiritual existence. I submit today it will be lived by choice. And I would suggest today that that choice is called faith. God would show us the power of choice by choosing a segment of his society or his humanity to be cho- his chosen people. He would choose a people. In Deuteronomy 7, 6, he said, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. 
The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. And this chosen people, this people who God had chosen, though also had a choice. And it would be at the end of Moses, their great leader's life, after he had brought them out of Egypt and he had brought them out from under the hand of the oppressor. And before they ever enter the promised land, Moses would say, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. You have a choice in the matter. And he tells them to choose life, that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the strength of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and to give them, to give to them. Your choice impacts your future. And he said, choose life. You have an ability to determine your spiritual existence. It would be then after they get into the promised land and Joshua leads them into that land and Joshua is their leader for years and then he is about to die as well. They've already entered the promised land and God speaks to them through Joshua and God says, I have given you a land for which you did not labor, cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them, you eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt, serve the Lord. And he says, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which are your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because Joshua said, I have a choice in the matter. I get a vote on this. I get to decide my own spiritual existence. And I choose to serve the Lord. Here's what I want you to understand and hear me clearly. Belief and unbelief are not random feelings. I'm going to say it again. Belief and unbelief are not random feelings. Belief and unbelief are not involuntary emotions. Belief and unbelief are not indiscriminate reactions. I want to help somebody understand this today. That belief and unbelief are choices. This is a profound thought. 
a profound concept that you and I have the ability to choose whether or not we believe. I think sometimes we have treated faith and doubt like they're uncontrolled thoughts that we have no say over. We think of faith or we may act like faith is just some overwhelming feeling that comes on us that I have no ability to determine. Or that doubt is some kind of wave that comes over me and I can't control the fact that I have doubt. We treat it like that. But I'm telling you today that faith and doubt are choices. Just as love, I believe love is not a feeling. That's what's got our world in a lot of wreck. Because people act like love is just a feeling, and if I feel it, then I'll like you and I'll love you. But God never said that love was a feeling. Love is a decision. Love is not rude. Love doesn't seek its own. Love is a decision that you make. And I want to tell you that faith is not some feeling that you have in a church service. Faith is a decision that you make to say, I choose to believe. Let's consider, let's consider what Jesus said to the man whose son was ill in Scripture. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Jesus wasn't saying, I hope you can believe. I hope that someday belief smacks you upside the head. No, he said, if you can make the decision, if you can choose today to believe, all things are possible to those who believe. Belief was a choice, but the man said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. See, that belief was a choice. Okay, I believe. I choose to believe, and unbelief is trying to linger around, but I choose to believe. I vote belief into my life. Faith is a voluntary act. Somebody hear that today. Faith is a voluntary act, and unbelief is also a voluntary perspective. Doubt is a chosen opinion. One night, Jesus was on a mountain praying, and his disciples were on a boat in the middle of the sea, and they got caught up in a storm. The scripture tells us that Jesus decides to show up on the scene. In Matthew chapter 14, 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and fear came on them. I personally believe Jesus may have done this on October 31st. (laughs) He showed up, and he scared them. It's a ghost. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them. 
Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Jesus and, or Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come on. Come on the water. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. That's amazing. But when he saw the wind was boisterous and he was afraid and began to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt Man, Jesus, give the guy a break. But Jesus was telling him, you have a choice in the matter. Doesn't matter the storm. Doesn't matter the wind. Doesn't matter what's going on. Peter, you have a choice in the matter. Why did you choose doubt? Jesus, did you happen to catch the idea that I actually took some steps on the water? Can we get a little celebratory acknowledgement in that moment? Jesus, did you notice that I was the first one to step at? These jokers are still in the boat. And you're coming at me like I have doubt. Did you happen, Jesus, to notice the storm? Peter doesn't get an explanation. No answer is given. It simply leaves you with the idea that Jesus was simply telling him, don't doubt. Peter, don't doubt. You have a choice in the matter. You have the ability to determine whether or not you believe. After the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he begins to make himself known to the disciples. And again, I I find humor in Jesus in these moments because he seems to, I wouldn't say likes to scare them, he just seems to scare them. And they're in a room. They, some of them had seen them, some of them had not. And, And Thomas, the twin, was not with them when Jesus had visited them before. So he's like, no, I, I don't believe. The other disciples said to him, we have seen the Lord. In verse 25, so he said to them, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Because belief is a choice. I can choose not to believe. And so, after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them, Jesus came, the doors being shut, and he just appeared, poof, in front of them. Now, another passage tells us, I think it's in Luke, that they were afraid. He scared them. And he says, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it in my side. And then he makes this statement. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Pretty cut and dry. Belief is not a feeling. Belief is not a feeling that hits us. 
Belief is a decision. And Jesus told him, do not be unbelieving, but believe. And then he said to him, Thomas said, my Lord and my God, I believe. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Congratulations. Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet they still choose to believe. Jesus is talking about you and I. Blessed are those who never got to see the nail-starred hands, never got to see the piercing in his side, but yet, yet we choose to believe. Yet we come into this place and we choose to put our faith in Jesus Christ. You have a choice today. Oh, hallelujah. Most of you are familiar with what is referred to as the Great Commission. It is some of Jesus' final words before he ascends into heaven. His disciples had watched him die by the hands of the Romans. They had watched him be buried in a ground. They had watched him and experienced the resurrection power, and they had visited with him. And so he's going to tell them a few things before he ascends into heaven. And so Jesus gathers his disciples together on a mountain. But this gathering was not just with everybody who had ever followed him. The Bible tells us it was with the eleven. The 11 who had watched him, who had been with him all through his life, had watched him die on a cross and be buried and seen him after his resurrection. And so Jesus says to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. He's saying, I've got something for you to do. But here's what I want you to understand about those words that Jesus spoke to those 11. Those are incredible and powerful words. But I want to tell you that being in the presence of Jesus doesn't guarantee faith. Because faith is not a feeling, it's a choice. And here's a passage that jumped out to me this week, and I could not let it go. It would be the text of my sermon. Before Jesus ever gives us the great commission, the scripture tells us, preceding that, that the 11 went with him to Galilee. They went into a mountain that Jesus appointed for them. In verse 17, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Think about that. Some doubted. Now we can check off Thomas. And I would like to to, to, to today check off Thomas from the doubting list. People call me doubting Thomas. Thomas has believed. Thomas has already said, my Lord and my God. But who's the joker? Who are the guys that aren't? Believing. I don't know who they are, but what I realize is that proximity doesn't always equate to faith. Just because you're here today and you're listening to songs and maybe even participating in worship doesn't mean that you have faith. These disciples 
had to choose to believe in Jesus. And every day, you and I get a vote. I want to tell you, faith is not mystical. Faith is not mysterious. It's not meant to be some spooky experience that only a certain few people can obtain. But faith is a decision that you and I make. We get to decide every day we walk into up to the ballot box and we have a choice. I've got doubt on one side. I've got faith on another. What am I voting into office today? What am I voting into the government of my life today? Who gets a say in my life today? Faith is a choice. And I want to tell you today that I want to vote every day and vote in the one who saved my soul every day. The one whose government, uh, the Bible says, sits on his shoulders uh, and his name uh, is called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. I voted today. I voted today. I vote in this room today. And I vote faith. I vote faith. And you and I have a choice in this room today. You can believe or you cannot believe. You can have faith or you can decide, you know what? Doubt is going to reign today. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. That's why belief is a choice. Because Jesus died for everyone. If faith, if faith were just something that only a select few have, then the word of God would be an heir. But he died for all of humanity. And he says, if you can believe, then you can be saved. I choose faith today. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe, believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I vote today. I choose to believe that he is. Even though I don't see all the evidence I want to see at times. Anybody ever been there? You want to see a little bit more evidence. I don't know how much more evidence you need than a resurrection. But apparently that wasn't enough either. Because feelings are fleeting. Our moods are fleeting. We, we can't keep a, the same mood for a 24-hour period to save our life. As Brother Pasley said, I live in a house that, full of women. And I'm telling you that I struggle with my moods. They have to deal with my mood swings. 
They have to deal with my inconsistencies. And so I'm not going to measure faith based on what I feel, even what I feel when I walked in this room. No, at some point, I just have to decide. I have to make a choice. I have to push the button and say, I believe. I believe. And I believe I choose to vote today that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I vote today and say that he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. Even when the circumstance doesn't seem that way, I vote today that he is the mighty God. I vote today that he is the everlasting father. I vote today that he is the first and the last and he can script my life any way he wants. I vote faith. I vote today that he is the wheel in the middle of the wheel. I vote today that he is my rock. Yeah, I can build a house on shifting sand, but I vote today that he is my rock. I vote today that he's my redeemer, that he's my savior. I vote today and proclaim that I need a government. I don't need to govern myself because of my flesh, my carnality, my body, and my mind lead me down paths that I don't want to go, but I need the spirit of God. And so I proclaim his government today and I vote him in, in my life as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, hallelujah. The old song says, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I may not understand or know the outcome of the American election, but every day I wake up, I get a chance at another election. Peter would tell the church, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Every day you wake up, you have to decide who's in charge today, who was voted in office today, who gets to determine my ways today. So I vote Jesus. When I'm weak, I put my faith in Jesus. When I'm sick, I vote Jesus. When I'm afraid, I vote Jesus. When I'm lost, I vote Jesus. When I'm confused, I have a choice. I vote Jesus. And some days, there are a couple names on the ballot. Some days, the ballot has a few more names and might be brokenhearted or captive or shattered or, or some kind of uh, tragedy that ends up on the ballot that brings fear and, and shame and guilt and those kind of things. But I'm telling you today that faith is not a feeling. You have an ability today to believe. I vote today. I choose to believe. Would you stand with me this morning? Scripture says that we walk by faith. We walk by faith. We're not shoved by faith. We're not involuntarily carried by faith. But we choose 
to walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, hallelujah. Here's the reality. I can find mercy today because Jesus had a choice too. He could have voted to escape the pain, the suffering, and the cross altogether. He knew humanity's storied history of betrayal and hatred towards God. Humanity's uh, willingness to be self-sufficient and proud. Jesus knew that in his life. Jesus said, I still choose you. See, he could have ended it in the garden, but he said, Father, not my will. He could have ended it at the cross, but the scripture tells us who for the joy says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He chose you today. So Peter would hearken back to that Scripture in Deuteronomy 7, verse 6. And Peter would pin to the entire church, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I encourage you on your own to read the book of Hosea. If you want to understand the absolute love of God for you. I'm not going to take time to explore it today. I will tell you it's very graphic. But it's the story of an unfaithful wife. And God likens it to his chosen people. Who keep leaving him and making other choices. But God doesn't give up on his people. And he says, I will heal they're backsliding. And I will love them freely. I choose to love humanity. I choose to love people, even though I know they'll walk away. And they, in return, have the opportunity. They can believe in me. Or they can decide they don't want to believe in me. It's their choice. They get a vote. And I'm telling you today, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We vote Jesus. We vote faith. This week, I was with a group of ministers in Ohio for district board meetings. And Pastor Michael Enzi of Heath, Ohio, came and he spoke to us. And he told a story about a friend of his named Ben Nolan who he had connected with in the last couple weeks. Ben is a financial analyst and he's a top financial analyst in the country for oil and gas shipping. He attends a UPC church in Chicago, Illinois. And he's been a longtime friend of Michael Enzi. And Ben was telling Pastor Enzi 
about a friend of his. His friend's name is Nick Reyna. And Nick Reyna has ALS and Ben was picking him up for church. And over the course of the last four months, Nick lost his ability to walk. His legs became noodles. He couldn't eat. He couldn't speak. His lungs were not functioning well, and he could only use his left hand. And at the pace of this deterioration, the doctors didn't give him much time to live. And Ben would pick him up, and he would lift him out of his wheelchair into the car and wheel him or take him to the church and lift him out, put him in the wheelchair, wheel him back into the church, help him go and find the bathroom and help him in wherever he was going. But Nick kept coming. Nick kept coming. Nick kept making the choice to be there. And Ben, in a service recently in the last couple of weeks, was given the opportunity to share a testimony. And so Ben shared a testimony about God's ability to overcome. Just that we serve a God who can overcome incredible odds. And so after that service, Nick texted with his left hand to Ben and said, hey, thank you for that testimony. It really moved me. But he said, I believe that in my life. I believe that God can overcome. It was the next week, Ben was teaching a class and somebody came and got Ben. He was teaching a class in the church, I should say, and they came and got Ben and said, hey, you need to come. Nick needs you. And Ben heart sank and he he felt that something had happened. And when he walked into the sanctuary, he didn't find Nick in a wheelchair. He found Nick standing behind the wheelchair, pushing the wheelchair and walking it around the church until finally Ben got in the wheelchair and Nick pushed Ben around the church in the wheelchair. The doctors didn't have an explanation, but he was walking and talking and eating. He chose, he chose to believe. God, whatever you do with it, that's your choice. But as for me and my house, we vote faith. We vote belief in God. And today, today, I'm gonna give you an opportunity today to respond to the Lord. We're gonna kind of allow, open up the altars here. And I don't want you to be uncomfortable with that and I don't want you to feel pressure with that. But I believe there's some here today who maybe you feel like you just wanna say and acknowledge God and say, God, I choose faith today. I choose faith for my family. I choose faith for this condition. I choose faith for this uh, uh, situation that I am in, Lord, that I have no answer. I choose faith today.
And in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come and we're, I want you to remain socially distant and our pastoral team will pray from a distance with you or with our mask on. But we're going to believe today. Maybe you want to stay in your pew and you just want to throw your hands up and say, God, I believe today. I choose to believe today, but I believe God's going to respond to somebody's faith today. Not to somebody's feeling today, but somebody's faith today. God's going to respond. Before I invite you to come, I want to pray for you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, you are in this place. You are in this place in a mighty way. God, your presence is here. Your power is here. Your glory is here. And I pray somebody would vote faith today. They would vote you into the office of their life today. Oh God, we need you today. We need you today. We need you today. That's it. Pray in faith. Declare things in faith. Call out to him in faith today. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.